What up, everybody? We got another episode on deck. This one is with my boy Moisha Yelly of a company called C Cares. S E E C A R E S. Actually, sounds the way you say it. Everyone else out there in the tech world likes to rejigger the way in which that they're actually spelling words. This is C. I can see you and cares. C cares. Love for you to sit down, listen to this episode. Now, what he's getting involved in, which I think is really interesting, is using AI to underwrite deals. Is that something that is needed? Is there an efficiency and a requirement there? Do we need the redundancy with humans in underwriting assets? Let's hear what he has to say about it. I'm going to bring on board my boy Moshe Yelly. Let's see what he has to say. Stay tuned. That's why we're here, bro. This is real tech talk. Boom lot. So who the hell are you, bro? You know, what are you into? What do you do? Yo, you can keep it real here. Tell me. Tell me about these real estate players. Eric Brody is the managing principal of CEMVC LLC. All opinions expressed by Eric and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of CEMVC LLC. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Clients of CEMVC LLC may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Real Tech Talk with Eric Brody podcast. My guest today is Moishe Yelly from CCARES. And before I get into what I know about him, I just want to be clear that this young man has actually brought a branded sweatshirt. Man, so if I ever forget the name of his entity, I just get to read the actual sweatshirt. So Moishe, I'd love for you to tell people just quickly who you are, and then what you're about, and then I'm gonna start banging you out with some questions. So, you know, whenever you're ready, baby, let's hear it. Thanks for having me and, and inviting me. So pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, so I'm Moshe Eli. Uh, grew up in Hulon, small city in uh, in Israel. Was doing real estate for a few years in Israel, uh, and then decided to do a transition and shift uh, to the tech industry. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa! That is not enough. How do you just shift into the tech industry? So just tell me a little more. You know what I'm saying? Like what motivated you to even get into real estate, number one, and then technology? So the real change in the mindset uh, started in 2019. I joined an accelerator program called WeWork Labs. Uh, they really did the introduction that changed my life. They introduced me to my co-founder, Dori Afe. Uh, before that, uh, we both had uh, running on different ventures. Uh, I had a venture in the social field, knowledge sharing platform, uh, but I was not an industry expert. I didn't understand the domain, but it was uh, good for me to check how the tech industry works and then uh, I realized what is possible to really to do with tech uh, and with that um, sharing the same passion to real estate financing as I mentioned I was doing real estate for a few years in Israel and then we realized that uh, commercial real estate financing uh, is slow uh, manual and super expensive uh, due to a few problems uh, there is disparate data out there. Companies rely on. All right, so like, wait, let, give me a second here. So, boom, real estate, bang. You go to this incubator, cool. Now you're starting to get somewhere. It was commercial real estate. That's where you said you were going to get involved in. So, commercial real estate. So, we're not talking about those single family units. We're talking about bigger projects. So, what did you see was an issue there? 
So the process is, um, was really slow. We were, when we were shadowing them, we were uh, looking on how the underwriters are doing the analysis when the property comes in, a deal comes in. And from the moment the deal comes in until uh, they close the deal or forwarded it to, to another company to close it, it could take a few months okay. until it, okay. it So we're talking about closed. underwriting, right? So underwriting is the process of a bank looking at a deal and deciding if they're interested in funding it. Am I right? On that perspective, but you have the underwriting side also on the acquisition. If a company wants to acquire a property, they need to do their own analysis, not the full underwriting process, but part of it, the analysis to understand if the property makes sense for them to their strategy or not. So a bank takes this information, right, uh, about the asset, location, I'm assuming, how much it's making income, how many expenses, taxes, and all of these data points, who's the one who usually is dealing with that? So the entire value chain is, is dealing with that. So you have the sponsors that they do their own analysis. You have the brokerage firms that they help them with the analysis and creating the origination model and the credit memo to go for service sellers and lenders that then do their own underwriting processes, their own internal analysis. And then they go and leverage Fannie and Freddie loans uh, or if it's a bank. And then eventually those loans are being sold in the public markets. So it's uh, redundancy, it sounds like on redundancy, on redundancy and redundancy. So it seems completely inefficient, no? Exactly. There are multiple layers uh, to enable more higher frequency trading than there is today and bringing efficiency to the market. Uh, so we have the data infrastructure. After that, we have the workflow automation. After that, the electronic trading, real-time bidding, etc. And eventually you have the algorithmic trading. That's exactly what the, the stock market has been evolved to and that's what we hope that the real estate market so that's really interesting you're not you're stating then this exists just not for real estate the stock market and the financial markets have solved for this and are actually using it today to make their decisions so we're just saying that real estate seems to be so far behind that you're bringing technology that's already been used in order to create efficiencies to that real estate market. And then you were stating though, it's three or four layers, right? You said that there's a data layer, right? Then you're saying there's a workflow layer. What do you mean by workflow? What does that actually mean when you say workflow? So there is an interesting uh, research that McKinsey uh, published that 45% of the underwriters are doing work that is not meaningful, that add little value. Uh, they don't really focus on the analysis, but aggregating the data, inputting the data into their own models and templates, going for committees, internal committees, uh, creating uh, credit memos to present in those internal committees. Of course, we're talking on the larger organizations uh, uh, at this point, the smaller is the mid-market and the, the long tail have different processes, uh, but eventually they're doing the analysis as well. So there is a lot of processes. Did you say McKinsey did a study? Yeah. Max, McKinsey study. We got to get facts here. My we friend, published you know? that in our social media. So <laughs> oh, everyone can, can check media. that. All right. Look, you know, we want to make sure here that <laughs> yeah, we are go spot for on, it. you know, go for so it. We, got, we got Max on McKinsey in the background. We're going to find out. Okay. So... Okay, understood, understood. So there's inefficiency also in those workflows. So now explain what Seeker is doing. So Seeker's 
mission is really to accelerate the entire process end to end to enable higher frequency trading eventually we can't get to frequency like the stock market but today a real estate financing deal can take a few months and our goal is to reduce that time to at least few days with the analysis part that take a big chunk of that process the analysis part can take a few weeks just to aggregate the data and inputting that into their models and then the committees internally uh, and our goal is really to streamline that process uh, end to end so we've built an engine that based on uh, address t12 and rent roll files our engine knows to parse the the data and output a origination model and a credit memo and the origination model part is already fully automated on, on on that perspective, but the credit memo requires some more work because there are some text and more uh, human touch involved that, that requires uh, to be involved. Uh, so you're reducing the time, you're getting more accurate data, and it's a platform, right? So you log in, you immediately, and you were stating, you said there were three documents. So you've identified that most multifamily underwriting is really coming down to three documents that are people are plugging into Excel. And the whole point of it is to create a memo in order to go to someone else who says, okay, I like this deal, we would fund it. So you've reduced the time now to creating that, which will then eventually, as you're saying, I guess, higher frequency trading. It'll move faster. Maybe it'll be uh, more, I guess, you can create like some type of CMBS market on it that's all now standardized. So that's huge. That market itself is massive. No, I don't know what the world market is. And I don't- Fact here from McKinsey. Oh, we got a McKinsey fact coming in. McKinsey fact, underwriters spend up to 45% of their time on activities that add little value. You know what? Moisha was telling the truth, guys. I think that that, 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 that speaks volumes about this man, okay? He's stating the actual study. It's been verified. This is incredible technology here, folks. So as I was saying, so it seems to me, so how big is this market? So, it, and then I have to, you know, I have a zillion questions for you, but it sounds you've certainly created and found a problem that we already know technology can solve and you're on that. So that means that you have a viable product. It sounds to me, you know, I mean, to me, that sounds like if you can really change that, I don't know where it goes and I'd love to hear, but that you actually are onto something huge. So how big is that market? So the market opportunity is tremendous, but just to add one point, the parsing of the files, reading the files and populating the uh, the materials, the, the model and, and the memo is one part. We also aggregate external data. Uh, we have a deep partnership with Cherry uh, that enable us to uh, to provide to our customers unique data sets uh, to help and bring more credibility to the deal. So the goal is really to help them to make more informed decisions faster. So we do the workflow automation together with the data infrastructure structure with, with Cherry, uh, and we provide also public and pay data. Um, we have over 2 million data points in our platform. We have some more partnerships, not only with Cherry, but this is the main one uh, that we're relying on. 
Uh, and yes, the market opportunity is huge. Uh, the commercial real estate debt is $3.7 trillion. Uh, but we also see uh, a big opportunity on the acquisition side. Uh, so we, we really want to tackle that problem across the board. Uh, I, I will not say to create one standard, but really to help them work in a unified way. So my main point is that we don't want to replace underwriters or the analysts, but we want to make them superhumans. Uh, so with that, with the market opportunity uh, that today, I'm not familiar with any other company that's really tackling the origination part, the underwriting part. You know, actually what I'd love to know now is basically, so tell me about where the company stands. Like, uh, you know, tell me a little bit about the capital you've raised, how long you've been out there. Uh, you know, where do you stand in, 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 um, you know, geographically where it's expanding and, you know, what you're thinking is your 2022 sort of strategy. So, yeah, so the goals for uh, for this year is really to validate the market fit to the end uh, and hit uh, $1 million in ARR uh, with those customers that we work with and with the pipeline. Uh, I'm also fortunate to speak with, with the top companies in the, in the domain uh, on the larger side and also on the smaller ones. Uh, but our main focus uh, these days are on the service sellers and the lenders. We also support the sponsors side, uh, but we also have uh, limited capacity and we need to uh, to give our attention and focus and give the customers the service they deserve and the product to be in a level that uh, will give them uh, value. So if we will shoot all over the quickly, place. Just to go back, <coughs> ARR is annual recurring annual revenue. Recurring. So does that mean that basically, and and you know, just for for my audience, that's a SaaS, so it's a subscription as a service model, right? So, how what's the actual business model then of CCares? So it's a SaaS. We have a few subscription tiers. It varies. It depends on the volume. We attach it to the volume. So for the larger ones, as much as they go up with the volume of the deals that they input in the platform, and the price uh, reduce. And, and yeah, eventually, if we take it uh, on a larger perspective, uh, it makes sense for them just to make another deal or two using our solution. It covers the entire Ely subscription. Uh, and that's the goal. Our, our core value proposition is to help those companies to grow and be competitive in the market. Uh, so those companies, we can see a lot of acquisitions in the domain. We have JLL that bought Skyline AI, uh, Walker Dunlop uh, acquired. Wait, what uh, does that mean? If JLL bought Skyline AI, why is that a relevant analogy to what we're talking about? It shows that the traditional companies. Yeah. So tell me. Yeah. It shows that the traditional companies uh, adjusted to the new uh, game. Everyone understands that if they will not. Uh, adopt a technology, eventually they will not be competitive enough uh, in the market. And That's you, what I'm talking about. That's why we're here, bro. This is real tech talk. Boom shakalaka. You're saying that if you are a company that is not changing currently with the times, you are going to be left behind, right? And it's these solutions that people are looking for. What have you found as a macro 
indicator though, are people absorbing technology quickly? What have you found as you've gone out there showing these companies to their face that they're like, yo, you're behind. Like, why aren't you looking at automating your underwriting? What have you found? Are they like, yeah, of course you're on board. Or are you finding that there's some issues with absorption when you're saying to their face that this is changing, this is a solution? So at the beginning, it was much more difficult, but I think that COVID pretty much accelerated the entire process. Uh, the customers now are much more open to adjust and adopt even in earlier stages. I'd love to hear, like, are you raising today, right? Let's let the audience know if you need dough and you need money, right? And what you're looking for within that, like, and, and tell me a little bit about it um, because we were speaking before, you know a lot about the type of money you want. Why is that also relevant? So tell me how you get into that 1 million ARR, how close you are, and then what you're looking for today more on the investor side. If someone wanted to give you capital, what does that look like? So... Up until now, we raised a pre-seed round from great investors that I'm fortunate to, to work with, uh, from LD Salmanson, Danny Fishman from Gaia Real Estate, APX, the venture arm of Axel Springer and Porsche, uh, that really believed in us in the early days and gave us the push that we, that we needed. Uh, and now we're raising our seed round. Uh, that so that's called pre-seed. Yes. These guys, who sound pretty dope, I've never heard of any of them, but they sound cool. They gave you the pre-seed. They take you from like it was an idea. They help you create that technology. You call that pre-seed. So now it's seed, right? So right. what is that required? Like you now are raising for seed. Boom. So now the, the investors want to see that you've built an actual product that provides value to the customers. They want to hear the customer's feedback and, and, and to talk with them. And what we get from the customers is that they are super excited about what we're doing. So we're always happy to let the investors speak with the, with the customers. And we're proud with what we've built, with the resources we had. So one of the things that we stayed lean along the way and... I think that that's why it put us in a point that we've built what we've built, that with the resources we had, the product actually provides value and built around customers and provides them actual value uh, today. Uh, so the seed round now requires much more traction. Investors want to see that how the product works with the customers, how they are engaged, uh, how they work with the product, how open they are, how the willingness to pay uh, when they are paying uh, for the product. Uh, and I think that we are now in a position that uh, uh, to raise the seed round uh, with the customers we have, as mentioned, uh, closing that LOI. Uh, and, and the goal is to really hit that bar of the ARR from there to go to growth uh, that we expect to do it by the end of this year. So you're looking to raise seed now. How much are you looking for? So we're looking for approximately between five to seven million dollars. And what are you going to do with the money? So for growth, uh, we want to hire developers, uh, build the HQ here in New York. Uh, and oh, you're trying to get geographically the big city now, huh? Okay, I we like that. We need to be where the customers are to provide them the best service uh, we can provide. Listen, uh, I'm a Brooklyn boy. I'm all about it. Of course you need to come to New York, people. Of course. I understand completely. So really extend this this sales uh, and customer success here. So you got to increase the amount. So you got the platform. You already know it works. You picked up this massive client, right? So now it's like you got to market. You got to get the word out about it, right? So now it's like, you know, we need this kind of exposure. And that also, I assume then to get the word out, you build an HQ here, but those people are not the technologists, right? Those people are wherever your home is, you said in uh, Israel, right? 
So now in New York, you need to get the word out. So that's where this money goes to really exploding the word on the on the company. Exactly. And um, again, we get to deepen and build the product. Eventually, the customers looking for a holistic solution, and that's why we also announcing partnerships with companies that others may say that are competitors, but we don't look at it like that. It's a huge market, and we see a lot of value creation by, by those collaborations and, and partnerships. The customers want a holistic solution, and for to build that holistic solution, it requires a lot of resources. So we need to grow also on the development side, hire more developers, provide more pieces of the platform because the, the, the main goal is really to hit the, the balance between automation and customization. Real estate players, uh, each and everyone has... Yo, his, you can keep it real here. Tell me. Tell me about these real estate players. You know that each and everyone has his own way to to do the modeling uh, and his KPIs, what he measure, what he want to see. So it will require customization up to certain level. Uh, and we really want to hit the balance between automation and customization because we can't customize everything. Then we will need to automate everything from, from the beginning. Mm. Uh, but for that- but that's need... that standard you're trying to create. That's exactly. that Bloomberg, right? Yeah, exactly. And KPI, we don't use KPI in uh, real estate, right? So KPI is a key performance indicator, right? right? We use certain metrics, cash on cash return. Right. Right. You know, cash money. Um, but I understand. So each time you're going to speak to these guys, there's no standardization that you're seeing at this time. So that's like a barrier right now that you have, right? You also briefly spoke about that there's competitors in the market. And if I'm not mistaken, you said that comp competition is somewhat geographic, right? So like they can be competitors, right? So you're seeing them out there, right? And those competitors, how are they doing in the market? Are they also expanding right now? So some of them, yes, uh, some less, uh, but specifically on the underwriting side, um, there are few players in that domain. We know specifically one that are doing that is doing good. Uh, the rest, um, I think it's going extremely hard for them. And again, it's it's on the perspective of the product and how you work it around with the customers. Uh, so, so you need some flexibility exactly. in dealing with it, right? So you have this rigid ideology that you create this underwriting that can be sort of democratized and is always, you know, gonna be similar throughout because then you can, you know, retrade it into other markets. But the reality is you can't automate everything, right? You have to do the best you can so that it can at least get standardized. So that's interesting that the it's still a very fragmented market real estate where exactly. people are looking at it in different perspectives. No, that's very cool. You know, not that I don't love hearing about C-CARES, uh, but something that's super important to me is when we look to invest and when people invest and a really good friend of mine, my homeboy who runs this massive online pharmaceutical company always says, I don't invest in companies, I invest in people. So for the limited time that we have left, I'd love to listen just a little bit about, so who the hell are you, bro? You know, what are you into? What do you do? What, what, you know, you can't be on the computer all day. You know, you'd be a broken person. So what's the other things? We understood how you got into it, but what do you like to do? You know, how do you keep balance in your life? So most of my time is uh, dedicated to, to, to what we're doing. Uh, and really for me, uh, as someone that grew up in a, a small city in Israel with limited opportunities in a different direction in life to really come and 
do the, what I'm doing uh, and trying to change the so world. So tell us eventually. a little bit about that. What is it like when you grow up in a small town? Is it a small town? Is it a city? It's is a it small a farm? city near you Tel know, Aviv. Uh, it's a small city near Tel Aviv, mm -hmm. 10, 15 minutes. Uh, How many people in the in the city? 40K. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and uh, growing up there... Uh, was it rough? Were you getting robbed? A bit was rough. Was it cool? Well, you know, tell me about the city. A bit rough, uh, but also I had my own uh, personal issues dealing with... I have Crohn's disease. Um, and yeah, with, I had problems with Well, you don't school. look too small here, bro. It looks <laughs> like you, 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 you nip that in the bud, you know? You know, eventually I had some point of transition in life when I realized what I want to do. And uh, with the knowledge, with the access to knowledge these days, even though I didn't learn too much on the early days of my life because I had some uh, health issues and problems and spent most of my time in hospitals. Uh, so eventually I bridged the gap at some point point at age 25 when I decided to do the transition and join tech because I saw uh, the access to knowledge. Uh, and for me, not coming from management experience, I had the opportunity to learn new skills along the way. Uh, so wait, so you grew up, you're in and out of the hospital because Crohn's disease is constant like pain, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like how it goes down. So you learn to manage it, right? But yeah. what did that teach you? It, it it gives you a different perspective of life. Uh, eventually, uh, you have the opportunity to uh, cherish and uh, understand the family. You know, eventually for my parents to uh, grow a kid uh, with Crohn's disease, always in hospitals, also was extremely difficult. Are you? A, do you have brothers and sisters? One brother. Uh, originally, my parents from Georgia, uh, and they for, for for the Americans in the room. That's Georgia. Georgia. Uh, right? Now, yeah. You're probably right in your pronunciation. I'm just saying. <laughs> I think uh, 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 I just read a book. Genghis Khan was uh, a big uh, Georgian influence. You know, was definitely wrecking havoc on the empire there at one point. <laughs> Not that you know you're a descendant, uh, but maybe you know. You never know. We haven't done your 23 and Me. Yeah, check that out, Max. Get on that, please. So, so you're in and out of hospitals, right? So you never, you didn't get to have a normal childhood, right? right. There must, there must some kind of fire in there as a result of, you know, not being able to do what a normal child is doing. No? But I was fortunate to be, build meaningful relationships during the way I still, I'm still in touch with my friends uh, from the childhood. Uh, and that's really the point that I understood uh, that I should invest a lot of my time is really to build those meaningful relationships. Uh, so as you can see also with the company, the, the people that are related and involved in the company, uh, and I'm really fortunate to, to really reach to that point where I'm uh, now growing in the way that I grew. You know, my parents came from Georgia to to Israel in so wait, their first no they're immigrants they're not you're the first generation yes. right they were not born in Israel you're the first one born there I didn't born in Israel. I was a year old when they come to, to Israel and really seeing my parents going through difficult times to you know new country, they don't know the language uh, and really raising two kids in a new country. It was extremely difficult. So that's interesting. What did they do to sort of stabilize the family? I mean, obviously it's pretty incredible to come from another place. So what did they do? What did they wind up doing? Um, today they are doctors uh, my father is a cardiologist um, damn uh, okay yeah. so they figured it out I guess they're smart you got that gene. they figured it out and I appreciate them uh, 
you know, eventually they are the love of my life. Uh, oh, really so you're to, not married yet? No, uh, <laughs> really to see them doing the transition they did, going to a new country and raising two kids uh, uh, in that place, uh, really inspired me to go and give them back and show them that they invested all of their lives uh, in us, uh, in me and my brother, uh, and to show them that even though we had difficult times, uh, eventually I want to make them proud. Uh, and this great. is also one of the reasons that I'm doing what I'm doing to, uh, to show. And how old are you? 30. 30 years old. Wow. A very young 30. Been through a lot. Sounds incredible. Yes, what do you do to actually relax or chill? What are the, what's the other side of you? So I'm really a friends person. I like to hang out with my friends to see it and uh, do and get a great conversations with them. I always have great conversations with my friends and also sports. I like sports, running, tennis. I play tennis. Tennis, uh, me too. I just started. Yeah. I you know, just started. So you probably rock my world. But, you know. <laughs> so really so sports, running, and ten do you do it a lot? Is that what keeps you sane each day? I mean... I try to do it weekly, mm -hmm. uh, at least once uh, running, once tennis uh, with friends. I really like sports that uh, requires team uh, players, not not alone. Oh, uh, running and tennis, they're huge No, running, team yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> but tennis, <laughs> at least you play with someone. Yeah, that's right, you can yell at them from across the court. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm a sports guy, I really like sports. Uh, yeah. So are you moving to New York now? Yes. Oh wow, when are you gonna be here? So still don't know where I'm going to be, but uh, in the next few weeks, months, I'm oh, that's awesome because we need we need our population back. So we're <laughs> glad that uh, technology is coming here. Moisha, what we've decided is that at the end of it, it's going to be me who's going to decide whether I think that what you're providing is a medicine or a vitamin or in your case, a surgery or just like a slight cut that got in, uh, got infected, you know. I deal all the time with multifamily. We own a few properties where we're required to underwrite. I go in and I meet with different brokers who have different perspectives on what I'm looking at. They also tell me different banks are looking at different things when underwriting. So the idea that you can streamline it into something like Bloomberg and create an efficiency that the market will see similar items, and as well as that the analytics and the single source of truth coming from the companies that you're using as APIs sounds super interesting to me. And I believe that what you're creating is a medicine, that it will have an impact. That and, and, and what was so important when we're talking about real tech talk is that it's an impact now. This is not a theoretical impact. What you're saying, and also based on that survey that you spoke about with McKinsey, I think impacts today, meaning 2022, people will on board and use it and will never be like they were in 2021 and 2020. So my vote is that it's a medicine. My vote is that you hit those goals. Then the question just really comes down to, is the bet on you? And to me, you know, when there's enough pain in someone's past, a couple of immigrant parents, I don't know, my bet would be on you. So I would be moving forward um, if I'm ever given the opportunity to invest. So obviously, I'd love for everyone to know, and you got to shout out all of your handles, your websites. What about if people are actually interested in investing, right? You should let them know so that they can get in touch with you. So let me know where, where people can reach you. Obviously, we'll post it up on it and we'll give it away. But please tell everyone. 
So I'm, I'm pretty responsive on email, moshe at seekers.com. Uh, everyone can reach out to me also uh, Twitter, Moshe Eli, Facebook, Moshe Eli. I'm super responsive. Uh, also the company website can uh, hit the... What's uh, the website? Seekers.com. Now, I want you to know, I'm from Brooklyn, mm-hmm. right? And when growing up in Brooklyn, we wouldn't even give our real name. Mm-hmm. This man, okay, with our massive audience of millions of people watching this, how have this guy's personal email? So you better find him and hit him up, all right? Because he was willing to tell you, and that tells a lot. So we got Moisha, uh, Moisha at Seacares, S-E-E-C-A-R-E-S.com. And then we got you on Facebook. We got Twitter. What's your snap, bro? What's your snap? What's your what's your TikTok? We're doing Seacares TikToks yet. Oh, we got LinkedIn. We got LinkedIn, of course. And one thing about uh, uh, the medicine. So there are diseases that you don't have medicine that can cure that and require surgery. So our main goal is really to do a surgery and take out the inefficiencies from the market and let the entire market work synergetically uh, and create more business and more value in the world. Uh, and eventually when the uh, when this market flourishes, the entire world flourishes and uh, and that's the main goal. Listen, I love it. You know, I'm interested to see what happens over the next few months. I'm interested to have you back in NYC and we'll follow up in a few months, see how you're doing. All right, brother? Thanks for having me. I had a great time. You too, man. You too. Guys, you know we're doing this and we're doing it big, but it only gets bigger when you like and you subscribe and you listen and you comment. So please get out there at Real Tech Talk, at E underscore Brody, at wherever you can find me, blow it up. We need you, baby. This is a team effort. And that team is me, my boy, Max, my boy, Mike, and you. So let's go like and subscribe. We need you.